This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And good morning. How are you this morning? Welcome into the program. Tim Weisberg here with you. And I will be covering the mornings for the time being. And uh, a little bit later on in my normal time slot, Brian Thomas will be here with you. So we've got a lot to discuss over the course of the day. And I want to get you started off right. So I hope I hope that you uh, got a chance to see. I know it was Mother's Day. And I hope all the moms out there had a great Mother's Day. And I know that that means sometimes... People don't get to watch the sporting events that are happening of the day, right? You, you, you go over mom's house, everybody gets together, and it's hard to have the TV on in the background. It's really hard if you do have the TV on in the background to pay complete attention to the game. But what a game seven that was for the Celtics. Uh, I know if, if any of you waited and you put it on DVR and you were going to watch it later on today, spoiler alert, Celtics won. They're moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals now against the Heat, which is, I think, what, the second time in three years or something like that that they're in the Conference Finals against the Heat. It's, it's, it's been a, a rivalry that's been ongoing now uh, for a few years. And I think that this is going to be, first of all, don't get fooled by the seedings in the Conference Finals. Don't get fooled by the fact that the Heat are the eighth seed don't get fooled by the fact that the Lakers in the West are the seventh seed. I don't think that's going to make a difference in these conference finals. However, I do have a, a good amount of confidence that the Celtics will be able to handle the heat. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but wouldn't it be nice if we had a Celtics-Lakers finals for this generation? Because obviously anybody who has followed the, the storied history of the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers know that those two teams have been in battles over the years and won championships on each other's home floors. And it's, there's, always been, um, there's always been an extra added bit of drama when it's Celtics-Lakers. And so I think that this generation of fans, which a lot of them you know, probably grew up watching the new big three of Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett, and the Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, Lakers. I mean, I, I say that. Some of us are old enough to remember the Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal Lakers. I know, right? It seems like it was just yesterday. We're talking 20 years ago. But those who were, you know, younger and got into the game because of the new big three Celtics or the Kobe Pau, uh, the that era of the Lakers... They would love a Celtics-Lakers finals for this generation. And again, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but that's, that's my hopeful outcome for these conference finals. Not that it wouldn't be fun to play the Nuggets, but I just think that it wouldn't have the same, the same uh, excitement factor around here uh, as, as the Celtics-Lakers. Granted, it'll be off the charts either way. But I just think Celtics-Lakers brings it up a notch. So we can certainly talk about that if you want. Jason Tatum decided to show up for the first time in the first half of a game in this series. And what a game he had. Actually, toward the end, I was kind of yelling at the screen for uh, Malcolm Brogdon to stop taking shots and to pass it over to Tatum because I wanted him to beat Havlicek's 
Celtics playoff record. He was close, so I thought he was going to get it. But uh, they, they took the foot off the gas and, uh, and pulled the starters off the floor, which was a good idea. You know, even though you've got plenty of time to rest before Wednesday's game, don't, don't risk anybody getting hurt. So, again, we can talk about that if you would like to. Uh, all kinds of things that we can discuss this morning. Later on, uh, I believe in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. If you are not a regular listener of my program, if you haven't heard me from 9 to 10 over the past year plus, every Monday I would have Jack Spillane come in during the last hour of the program and we would discuss all of the things that are going on in the city. We would talk about whatever columns he has written for newbedfordlight.org. Uh, you can check out all of his work there. And we would talk about what's going on with the city council, the mayor, uh, and, and sometimes a little bit beyond New Bedford as well. But we would kind of cover all of the, the local topics. And, and we're going to do that again this morning as, as, as long as Jack is available to join us. You know, it's a little bit different when you're used to coming in at 11 and then you come in at this time. Who knows if he's got writing to do or things to cover. But we can, um, we can certainly turn on the light with Jack even if it's 8 o'clock in the morning and we don't need to turn on the lights because the sun is still shining brightly <laughs> into the studio at that time. But uh, we will do that as well. And, of course, your phone calls throughout the program, 508-996-0500. You can also send us app chat messages via the WBSM app. Uh, I know a lot of you were using that in the mornings with Phil, and you can continue to use that with me, and we'll check that out uh, frequently throughout the show. And if you want to send us an open line voicemail message, that's another thing that you can do. And I, I don't know how much, um, how many of you have tried that, you know, during Phil's program, but certainly you can try it today. It's really easy to do. If you, it's, listen, it's the morning, you're running around, you're busy, you have all kinds of things going on. You can't wait and sit on hold on the phone and, or wait for the news to get over to call in or, you know, there's a lot of things going on during the course of this program that you just might not have time to sit and wait on the phone to have your voice heard. Well, that's what's so great about the open line feature on the WBSM app. It's basically leaving us a voicemail. So if you open up the app and you see the button in the middle that says open line, all you have to do is press that then that's going to ask you what kind of media you want to send. You want to send us some audio. And then it's going to open up a little screen where you can record it. And you can just press the button, say what you want to say, stop the recording and send it right off to us. And we'll play it on the air. Now, I've got to screen it first, so I'll have to listen to it during a commercial break or during the news or something so that we can make sure that it's okay to air. And you can do me a big, big favor by keeping it radio friendly. Because if it's not radio friendly, I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to take it and edit it and bleep things out and all that stuff. That's too much work to have to do in order to get it on the air. So just keep it clean. Keep it radio friendly. Keep it so that we don't get any FCC violations and we will be happy to play that. And it's super easy to do. And I think once you do it the first time, you're really going to get in the habit of wanting to do it. In fact, I would even say if you were, if you are a regular caller, and you're somebody who can call in, give it a try anyway. Try the open line feature and see what you think because the, what's cool about that is you can do it any time of day. So you don't have to wait until we're here in the studio to do it. You can send it on Sunday afternoon and then we can play it on Monday show. So if there's something going on over the weekend that you want to comment on or if there's, uh, if there's some sort of uh, important news tip you want to send us, you can do that as well. It's, it's so great, this app that we have. 
And I hope that you are utilizing it to its full potential. If not, I am here to help you. I'm here to walk you through anything that you need me to walk you through so that you can get the most out of it because there are so many great features. And, of course, that's brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. One other thing that I want to point out, and this, this might be a fun way to start off the morning, too. On Friday, I published an article that I thought would, you know, make people laugh a little bit, make people smile. That would kind of just be a nice article going into the weekend that's not too stressful for you and what it is the idea behind this i've been covering oh by the way if you've never heard me before i talk a lot about ghosts i talk a lot about the paranormal and i talk a lot about a thing called the bridgewater triangle and in all of my discussions about the bridgewater triangle which has become national and international topics a topic that is heard on you know, Coast to Coast AM, the biggest overnight radio show in the world. They've talked about it on uh, a travel channel and Discovery Channel. And, uh, you know, there's there's uh, radio stations in the UK that will have me come on and talk about the Bridgewater Triangle. I did an interview for New Zealand about the Bridgewater Triangle. I mean, this is a story that is international right in our own backyard. But as part of that, People talk about some of the locations involved with the Bridgewater Triangle, and you can see all kinds of videos on YouTube about it. People are constantly taking the original documentary and, you know, trying to, which was produced locally uh, by Dartmouth resident Aaron Kaju and, and Manny Familare from Brockton, and they they spent years putting together this documentary. Now people just, like, steal those stories and tell their own versions of them, but whatever. They're taking these stories and they're mispronouncing a lot of the Native American names that are associated with these stories. And there was a time when I was filming with a couple of my friends in the paranormal world, and I won't, I won't name names, but it was Jeff Belandre and Chris Balzano, and we were filming a television show where they were asking us questions about the Bridgewater Triangle, and the subject of the Asonet Ledge comes up because of a ghost story that's associated with there, which I, I won't bore you with now. You can read about it at WBSM.com and on the app. But they kept saying ass on it. They kept saying the Asonet ledge. And I'm telling them, guys, it's a sonnet. And they're like, no, it's, it's a sonnet. And I'm like, no, trust me, it's a sonnet. I live here. I live on the South Coast. You guys are from other parts of Massachusetts. I live here. It's a sonnet. And they didn't listen to me. They still said a sonnet. And then I heard uh, one of the two of them go on coast to coast and one of them said it again a sonnet and I was like these guys are just never going to listen to me and I realized as we as you know we talk about this more and more that it is something that people keep mispronouncing so I wrote an article titled even Massachusetts residents mispronounce this south coast town name and if you check it out at wbsm.com and on the app you can read all of the um, you can read all of the Different ways that people pronounce it. Of course, I have the correct way in there. Not for you. I know that you know how to pronounce it correctly. That's more for people from outside of the region that are going to read the article. I felt like they needed... I actually thought about like recording a video where I pronounced it correctly. Just to make sure that nobody messed up on it. But I think I got it covered in, in written form. But it's not ass on it. You're not sitting down. Although you could sit down on the ledge. You're not sitting down. It's not ass on it. It's a sonnet. 
And the article has a little bit of history of Asonet. It has some of the ghost stories of Asonet. So you can check that out for yourself again at WBSM.com and on the app. I think you will enjoy it. It's a, I've seen a lot of compliments in the comments wherever I shared it out where people said, hey, this is a good read. And to me, that's, that's, a, that's the greatest compliment you can get, that somebody says, wow, I really felt like this was worth my time and was interesting to read. So you can check that out, and then you can also take it, and you can share it with anybody that you know who says ass on it. And I'm sure people who live in the village of Asonet or in the town of Freetown, I'm sure that they get worked up about that too. Either that or they've just given up at this point. But you can, you can share that with people and say, see, look, it's in black and white or whatever color it shows up in your browser, depending on if you're using night mode or whatever. But you can say, here it is in written form. It's a sonnet. And then they're still going to say it wrong. And wh what really irks me about this the most, and I touch upon this a little bit in the article, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into it a little bit deeper with you. There's a guy named Aaron Mankey, very successful podcast producer. And he has done the podcast lore for a number of years. He has his own podcast network, Grim and Mild. Uh, my friend Amy Bruni, who you know from Ghost Hunters and Kindred Spirits, she has a podcast on there called Haunted Road that's really good, not just because I was a guest on it recently. But he created a program, a, a podcast called Bridgewater, which was a fictionalized story that takes place in the Bridgewater Triangle. And all throughout the podcast, everybody pronounces it ass on it. Like here is probably the, what will be one of the biggest ways that people learn about this tiny little village on the south coast of Massachusetts. This tiny little village in, in, in the not so big town of Freetown. We're talking about a town of 9,000 people according to the 2020 census. This little tiny village within that town. This is their big chance to be on an international stage and everybody's mispronouncing it. But hey, at least it was mispronounced by, you know, some really famous people that, that uh, did the voices for that podcast. So again, you can check that all out at WBSM.com and on the app. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. 508-996-0500. <laughs> Welcome back in 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and get involved in the conversation. And of course, uh, as I mentioned, the Celtics have moved on to the Eastern Conference Finals. I forgot to mention to you that game one will be Wednesday at 830. So they're starting off the Western Conference Finals on Tuesday. And that will be, of course, the Lakers and the Nuggets. That's going to be at 830. 30 Eastern 2, I believe, but I know the Celtics and Heat are definitely, the, every game for the series is planned at 8.30, which this is usually the time of year now where this argument will come up about having these games that kids will want to watch on too late for kids to be able to watch them in their entirety. And we've heard about it, complains about it for, for years with baseball. And those actually have proven, I think, to be true. Those concerns have proven to be valid that too many baseball games late at night hurt interest from young people in the game. 
and you've seen them make changes to have more afternoon games, to have more, even on the weekends, having the games a little bit earlier so that they can get some of the younger kids involved and excited about the game. And I think that that change over the past few years has really helped to spark interest in baseball more with the younger generation. Now, young kids, I don't think you need to get them more excited about basketball. I think if they're into it, they're into it and, and they're aware of it. But it it's terrible to have a kid follow along with a season and then say, okay, well, now here's the games that you want to watch from start to finish. It's okay if mom and dad send you to bed at halftime, you know, for a random game in January or February. But when it's the playoffs, you want to be able to watch the whole game. And an 8.30 start, by the way, doesn't mean an 8.30 start. That's usually, you know, 8.40, 8.45. And then everything gets dragged out and replay and all that stuff. I mean, look at what happened in yesterday's game. How many times did they go to replay? I think game six, too, they had a lot of instances where they went to replay. So you're really keeping kids from being able to see the entire game. I think if you started it at 7.30, would it make that big of a difference? And by the way, when I say that, I mean start at 7.30. If it's going to be a primetime game, you want it to be on in primetime, let tip-off be 8 o'clock because that 45 minutes makes a difference. That's almost, you know, the, the length of the game in itself is is less than that. So why couldn't you just have, or no, sorry, three minutes more. So why couldn't you have it be, a little bit more accessible to the younger kids because it only gets worse when it's the finals because there's more pomp and circumstance around it. They'll have national anthem performances on TV. Every So it's, it's really, I think it's a shame that kids don't get to see the games. For me, when it gets to the conference finals and the NBA finals, there is nothing like that for me in sports. I think that's even more of a spectacle than a, an NFL playoff game. Obviously, the Super Bowl notwithstanding. But I think that those games are really exciting and they really get you invested. The crowds are unbelievable. Yesterday's crowd was great. And, and I think that you want kids to experience a lot of that because that's how you get to the point where, you know, they become lifelong fans. That's how I got into watching those games was from seeing those, you know, the Larry Bird games, which I seem to remember were earlier. Maybe I just got to stay up later. Maybe I just, maybe I just kind of stayed up even when I wasn't supposed to, which is something that I would do all the time. I love to go longer than I'm supposed to with things, like right now when Kate's in the newsroom waiting to give us the news. So <laughs> let's go into the newsroom with Kate Robinson. Good morning. Turkey's presidential election appears to be heading to a runoff. Local reports say more than 90% of the votes have been counted. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has yet to secure the majority of votes needed to win. His main opponent has been making gains since results from bigger cities have started coming in. Both have said they're prepared to accept a runoff later this month. U.S. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandra Mayorkas says the Border Patrol has experienced a 50% drop in encounters since Title 42 ended Thursday at midnight. Speaking on CNN's State of the Union, Mayorkas says the Border Patrol reported 6,300 encounters on Friday and 4,200 on Saturday. He noted that Border Patrol saw more than 10,000 encounters earlier in the week. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says an upcoming military counteroffensive is aimed at freeing occupied territory in his nation. Speaking in Berlin Sunday, Zelensky said, quote, We don't attack Russian territory. We liberate our own legitimate territory. 
He spoke at a joint news conference with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz hours after Germany announced a $3 billion military assistance package for Ukraine. The Writers Guild of America's strike is ongoing. More from Mark Mayfield. The strike began after the WGA's contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers expired on May 2nd. Thousands of WGA members have been picketing outside Los Angeles area studios, including Universal Studios, Paramount, and the Disney and Warner Brothers lots since the strike began. The Writers Guild of America is seeking changes, including improved compensation increases for writers. I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is remaining optimistic as debt ceiling talks with congressional leaders are expected to pick back up this week. Speaking to reporters Sunday in Delaware, he said there's a desire on both sides to reach an agreement. Biden, along with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and others, are planning to reconvene Tuesday to discuss the budget and how to avoid a federal default. Community members in Buffalo, New York, are marking the one-year anniversary of a racially motivated mass shooting that left 10 black people dead. The victims were honored Sunday with a moment of silence and a church bell chiming at Topps Friendly Market. The grocery store, located in a predominantly black neighborhood, was targeted by a self-professed white supremacist who opened fire there last May. Newly announced Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino is thanking Elon Musk for the opportunity to be in the position. Trey Thomas reports. Yaccarino tweeted she has long been inspired by Musk's vision to create a brighter future, adding that she was excited to build Twitter 2.0. Musk announced Friday that the former NBC Universal Chair of Global Advertising and Partnerships would take over for him as CEO while he transitioned to Executive Chair and Chief Technology Officer. I'm Trey Thomas. A former Texas congressman isn't mincing words about the prospect of a 2024 race between President Biden and former President Trump. Speaking on NBC's Meet the Press, Republican Will Hurd said it would be the, quote, rematch from hell. Hurd said he'll make an announcement about his own possible presidential run very soon. No! Swedish singer Loreen won the Eurovision Song Contest on Saturday night with her power ballad, Tattoo. The diva from Stockholm beat acts from 25 other countries to take the continent's pop crown at the Eurovision final in Liverpool. Loreen is only the second performer to take the prize twice. She previously won Eurovision in 2012. In a news conference after the event, Loreen said she was thankful for the honor. In sports, the Celtics are moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston blew out the Philadelphia 76ers 112-88 in Game 7 at TD Garden. On Wednesday night, the Seas host the Miami Heat in Game 1. And the Red Sox lost to the St. Louis Cardinals Sunday night 9-1. Next game with the Seattle, Seattle Mariners tonight. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. Well, we kick off the week with some mild temperatures, but we do have some cooler air that's going to return by midweek. For today, we're going to warm up very quickly. We'll see some light winds out of the west, mostly sunny skies for today with a high reaching about 73. Overnight tonight, we're going to get down into about 52 degrees and for tomorrow, partly cloudy skies, breezy and warm, high of 75. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. 
At the moment, it is 43 degrees and sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. And welcome back in. That was a... It's been so long since I've had to go to a a newscast in in the middle of the program. It hasn't been since, well, my Saturday morning show, which not bad in Tisbury, which I don't know. You must be moving around the island. Not bad, but not bad. Said, good morning, Tim. This seems like the old days of your Saturday morning show. Have a great Monday. Well, you have a great Monday as well. But yeah, I remember those days of uh, the Saturday morning show. And oh, we used to have some, some crazy times back then. It was a really fun show. Right up until it got to the 2016 election, which we didn't talk a lot of, if I remember correctly, we didn't talk a lot of election stuff until, you know, later on in the year. But then it turned into everybody just wanting to blast me because I was the only person on the air at WBSM that wasn't for Donald Trump. So it was like I got everybody's ire (laughs) that listened all week long and would have to, you know, defend why I felt that way. And I was like, well, did you not see what happened in the news today? But so that kind of took things over. But before that, it was, it was really just, I called it radio ADD because you never knew what was going to happen. You never knew what topic we might go to. You never know what guests I might've planned for it. So, and I think, you know, at least as the the time that I'm here in the morning, uh, we'll, we'll do the same thing. You know, you never know what will happen. And I think that uh, that was a lot of fun and what it was really what really made it interesting in my mind, too, is that you could go off on these subjects that you just never would hear talked about on the radio. Like, when was the last time you had an in-depth discussion about how they replaced Eve Plum on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour with a different actress, Jerry Reichel, and then also, you know, have the same, that actress, Jerry Reichel, on the air to discuss that. Uh, so we would we would go into crazy tangents and directions uh, with that. So I think you might get a little bit of that here in the morning as we get you up and we get you ready for your day. And of course, 508-996-0500 is always the, to- the number to call in and discuss what is on your mind. The sun is out. The sun is shining. It's not that cool I mean, it's not that warm, I should say. And for me, it's just perfect. It's the perfect way to come out and start. it. Right now, it's, well, I don't think this is accurate, AccuWeather. I don't think you're exactly quite accurate with this. They're saying it's 43 degrees out there. It felt a little bit warmer than that to me as I was coming in. But they say with a real feel, it's about 47 degrees. The sun is out and shining, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get up to around 70 degrees today. So that's going to be... A good way to start the week, which actually looks like a really good week all the way around. Uh, there's going to be some possible thunderstorms on Saturday. But as of right now, you're looking at a week where it's between 60 and 70 all week long with mostly sun, a little bit of clouds. Not a bad way to have the middle of May. Not a bad way to have what is probably the time that a lot of... Uh, A lot of college kids are starting to come home. A lot of college graduations are happening. Congratulations to uh, our own Jessica Machado, whose daughter graduated from UConn last week. 
and uh, we have so many other graduations that are happening around here. It's the time of year where you probably have a party to go to every every weekend. Thankfully, a lot of the colleges take off Mother's Day weekend, but the rest of the time, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. You know what's funny is nobody bothers to take off Father's Day weekend from planning other events. There's always going to be all kinds of other things that happen during Father's Day. My poor son, his birthday is usually right around Father's Day, if not on Father's Day. And so many years we had his birthday party slash combination Father's Day get together with the family when we used to have everybody come over. As he got older, he was like, uh, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't, I don't, I'd rather just have my birthday to myself and not have the entire family come over. So we, we went away from that format. But for the longest time, that would be it. So you'd have, you know, his birthday celebration, but also uh, we had three generations of dads in my family before my grandfather passed. And it's just like, well, nobody does this on Mother's Day. The worst thing you're going to get on Mother's Day is a game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals. <laughs> but the, the rest of the time, it's usually just all about the moms. When it's Father's Day, meh. 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 Let dad sleep in. That's a good Father's Day for him. We used to, um, when I worked at the, the diner, and for those of you who don't know, I worked at Mill Pond Diner in Wareham for 17 years. And Mother's Day was our biggest day of the year. It was either that or Easter, but usually it was Mother's Day. Uh, and we would have the place packed, nonstop, people on the line waiting to come in. Father's Day, it was just like any other Sunday. Wasn't really. And, you know, we would do special things for the moms. We would go out and get flowers and give each mom a carnation or whatever. We'd have specials on the menu, all that stuff. Father's Day, man, just a regular day. So the dads get a little bit shortchanged in some of that stuff. 508-996-0500. We're going to take our next break and be back in a few moments. Great. Oh, I want your love. Your love was handmade for somebody like me. Coming now, follow my lead. Maybe crazy, don't mind me, say boy, let's not talk too much. Grab on my waist and put that body on me. I'm coming now, follow my lead. Come coming now, follow my lead. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the shape of you. We push and pull like And uh, coming up. Maybe not this week, but certainly soon we'll be giving away some tickets to Ed Sheeran at Gillette Stadium. I was supposed to give them away during my nine to noon show. But I said, you know what, let's hold off if I'm going to be filling in you know, on, on, on Friday. I said, I could give them all away today before I have to go and cover the mornings for the time being. But Or we could save them and give them away in the morning. So I think that's what we're going to do. So we will have Ed Sheeran tickets for you at Gillette Stadium. And I've got, I've got multiple pairs to give away. So we're going to be giving them away for an entire week. But we've got a little bit of time before the show. So let's, let's see what happens. But I, um, that's one of the things, if you haven't been listening to me from 9 to noon, one of the things that I love to do is give away concert tickets. To me, that's what radio is about, right? It's about giving things away. And so when I came on board last year, February of 2022, they had me come on and host a show. I said, well, only if I can give stuff away, because that's, to me, what radio is all about. And they said, well, we don't see a problem with that. So I start digging through the closets and saying, what do we have to give away? And Casey and, and, and Jackson, 
who's on Fun 107, the two of them said, oh, don't worry, we'll get you concert tickets to give away. What? I get to give away concert tickets? That's uh, I grew up listening to the radio and keeping the phone in my hand so that I could try to win concert tickets. And I didn't, I didn't really succeed a whole lot in my younger days, but when I got to college, I went to a whole bunch of shows with tickets that I won. In fact, we used to have a, a rock station here, KKB, for those of you who remember that, and I won Rolling Stones tickets from them. I got to go see the Rolling Stones from a radio station. I saw Heart. I saw so many different shows over the years uh, from a radio station. I want to be able to pass that on. So we've been giving away concert tickets. We gave away Willie Nelson tickets a few weeks ago that everybody went nuts for. We may even have a few more of those to give away before the summer is over. And I've got so many concert ticket giveaways lined up that for as long as I'm here in the morning, we might as well give them away here, right? So uh, we'll have Ed Sheeran tickets for you. Maybe not this week, maybe next week. We'll see. I got to talk with Casey because she's she's the ticket guru. She's the one who sets all of that stuff up and she's the one who can approve me changing the dates on those giveaways because she's the one that's got to send you all the emails when you win and send you the tickets. So we'll, um, we'll figure all that out and we'll get back to you. But I know a lot of people want to go to that. It's one of the hottest shows of the summer. It's not quite Taylor Swift level, which I saw people again, uh, you know, the money that people are paying for the the show and that listen i'm admittedly not a taylor swift fan so i don't know all the ins and outs of it but is this show is this concert any different than what might happen in the future or are people just so worried about what concert tickets are going to cost in the future that they say well i'm going to pay you know two thousand dollars for a ticket now because it might be four thousand dollars next time she goes on tour which listen i i love Music. I love live music. I love going out to concerts. I don't know that even if I had the means to pay $2,000 for a ticket that I would. I don't know that I, that would be... I would rather sit in the back for $200 than be closer for $2,000. That's just me. You know, those 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 seats in the back of... Uh, well, not seats, but the, the little grass section in the back of the Xfinity Center... That's fine for me. I'm still there, right? If I can get those tickets for 25 bucks. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Hey, good morning, Tim. How are you? Good. Are you taking over the morning show? I'm I'm here filling the seat for now and uh, you know when when management makes a decision, I hope that uh hope that they include me in that. I hope they do. Well, thank I you. was a big fan of the Pete Braley morning show. I used to uh work in New Bedford. Uh, late 80s, early, all throughout the 90s and uh, early 2000s. And I'm um, big fan of WBSM. And I used to love the Pete Braley show. And I, yeah, that, that's where Scott Renish kind of got started. I remember him coming in and, mm-hmm. and and Taylor getting his start. And I won many a time on the Pete Braley show uh, gift, gift certificates to me and Ed's and uh, oh, the captain's place and all kinds of places. And I would give them to my parents and I and shows to the Melody Tent. You know, that was a great program, uh, Pete Braley, you know. It was sad to see him go, but it was... Uh, well, he's he's doing well now. He's He's got his... Uh, he do, he does something online with his son that's really entertaining. Really? I'd like to know about it. I've, uh, you know, I've, I, I know he, right after he left here, he was over in uh, where Scott is now, and uh, he did a little stint over there, but I, 
I never heard it from him again, and he was great. Yeah, if you, you look know? it, up, I think if you look it up on YouTube, you'll find it. Thank you. No problem. Well, I mean, I mean, you can watch them later. Listen to me live, but watch them later. <laughs> yeah, I listen. I listen. I, I tune in every day. Well, much and, appreciated. Uh, have a great day. You as well. Take care. And Bye-bye. yep, I mean, I, listen. I owe my being here to Peep, really. He's he's the one that, that allowed me to come on the air. Uh, Jack Peterson and Evan Russo were the ones that first called me and said, do you want to come on? Um, very briefly, for those who, who don't know my history and how I got here, I was doing a wrestling column for the Standard Times, which I started doing. I was writing for free when I first started doing it because I was a wrestling fan and I would read it in the paper. And some weeks it wouldn't be there, so I... I told them I would write it for them instead, and I would do it for free. And they said, yeah, you want to give it a try? Give it a try. And so I wrote that column for a number of years. And as part of me covering, because pro wrestling was huge at the time, and Jack and Evan were starting the locker room program, so they invited me to come on and give a wrestling report. They wanted me to call in for five minutes every week. We were on Monday nights at the time. And I said, well, I don't want to call in. I'd love to come in. I've always wanted to work in radio. It's been my lifelong dream. And they said, sure, you can come in, you know, just hang out. And when it's time for you to do your five minutes, come up to the mic. And and, and that lasted one show. And then they made me a co-host and I was here every show for, we did that show for like four years. And then Pete gave me the opportunity to do Spooky South Coast. He called me up and said, you want to do a show? Whatever you want to do. What do you have for ideas? And I, I told him about Spooky South Coast and he said, sure, I guess. And here it is, you know, 17 years later, we're still doing that show. And that led to me getting the opportunity to come here on Saturday mornings. It was Pete that gave me that shot. And then I've just worked my way up from there. Worked in the newsroom for a couple of years, became the digital managing editor and worked behind the scenes for a few years. And then stepped into this uh, brand manager slash talk show host role uh, last February. So here we are. All right. Well, anyway, I got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. All 